coach a dig. What is thy bidding, my master? Listen to me very carefully. Wake up. Time to die. There are no strings on me. Boy, this is a lot more fun when they're not shooting back. Such a road license. Open the pod bay doors, huh? I'm afraid I can't do that, Dad. Screw you, fat ass! It's good. I'm going to tear off your skin like wrapping paper and deck the hole with your guts. Put down your weapon. You have 20 seconds to comply. I can't lie to you about your choices. You have my sympathy. Get those nerds! 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 Come with me if you want to. Come with me. Come with me. All right, guys. Well, uh, any, any first things first before we get going in on this? I don't, well, I'll go ahead and start. I don't know if you've read this. Two things. Number one, did you see that Josh Trank, the director of that movie Chronicle and the forthcoming release of the Fantastic Four, uh, just got shit canned from the star, second Star Wars standalone film? Have, have you seen this? No, I haven't. Yeah, wait, but what's the standalone film you're talking about? The one about the... Oh, well, the, the first one that's coming out is the Gareth Edwards movie Rogue One which yeah. apparently is about oh, okay. stealing the Death Star plans. Uh, and then Disney had hired Josh Trank to start working on the second standalone film, of course, which we knew nothing about. Uh, I was sort uh. of hoping it would be like a bounty hunter thing, but that's just me. So Rogue uh, One... Anyway, apparently... Rogue One is a I'm prequel? Uh, it is a prequel. And it, is, it definitely takes place before the uh, first, first Death Star. Cool. Uh, but anyway, it's just interesting to see some of the news that's coming out about... about uh, Apparently, uh, Kevin Feige, the guy who is uh, you know Marvel's main producer for these movies, hated working with Josh Trank on Fantastic Four, uh, and so th- there was a there was a nasty little breakup. It's not you, it's me. Was well, the guy like a huge and, dick? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, from what I'm reading, uh, Josh Trank like they didn't really like what he was doing with Fantastic Four, and I'm interested to see like how that pans out. But uh, yeah, apparently he wasn't very pleasant to work with, and uh, they kind of thought his ideas were shit. And so it, you know, whereas this could be like a bad no, I'm almost looking at it as a little bit of hope. Like Disney is committed. I mean, they are full in. There will not be shit coming. Yeah, out but they were fully Wars. committed to John Carter also. They paid up to half a billion dollars to that shit. So who the hell knows? That yeah, that was um, no. I, I think the Rogue One thing sounds exciting. I was rewatching Episode Four with my daughter this week, and she's getting a little into Star Wars. She can take about like twenty minutes of it at a time, and uh, I, like the Rogue One plot. I didn't know anything about. I knew it was about Rogue One, but that sounds like a really fucking bang up plot. Like, you watch Episode Four, and it's like, holy shit, where'd they get these fucking plans? Maybe and it's weird too, because um, maybe the yeah. director wasn't killing enough Bothans. Ooh, hey, isn't that a, uh, I've heard lots of like, many Bothans died to let us know. I'm like, isn't that Return of the Jedi, the second Death Star they mentioned the Bothans? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> uh, I'm outing myself even more by telling you this. Yes, yeah. I believe it is. Oops. Well, anyway, all right. Yeah. Any, anything else we uh, want to get out there off our chest before we get going? Oh, well, you mentioned. I, I saw a movie this last week. Actually, hey, I saw a couple of movies. Some of them are comic book related. But um, Ooh. I saw Ex Machina, and everyone Great is movie. going to love it. Yeah, uh, and I think and it was one of these things. Will, yeah, yeah. I, I think you think the same thing that I did, Buchanan. When you went into it, you were expecting to have your mind blown. And I think uh, yeah. by the end of the movie, I wasn't sure my mind was blown. But I've been thinking about it every day, and it's finally blown. 
it's, it's it wasn't so much blown. an explosion. Yeah, it was just like a balloon slowly filling a slow up. Slow blow. Um, but yeah, that's a very good film. Slow blow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, we we will have to come back to that one on a future big dig. I'm I'm afraid. And like I yeah, think I'm gonna write an article. It definitely uh, bears some conversation. Did everybody see Age of Ultron? Anyway, Age of Ultron. Yes, yes, I did. I uh, I, I went there to the theater. What about you, Jimmers? And saw this movie. I did not see it. All right. Good. I went to work. Well, I, I think we, yeah, well, we'll, I'm sure we'll come back to it here in a few minutes. Are, are we ready for this? Let's do the big dig. All right. On the comic book renaissance. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, I, I, you know, we've already sort of outed our ages on our podcast here. And, uh, while many of these shows that we are about to mention precede us chronologically, I, I think we probably do have memories of these shows. To start us off, when we talk about comic book culture, there's a divergence in the mainstream versus the real comic book culture. And when it comes to the mainstream, I mean, you look no further than, you know, the 1950s George Reeves Superman. And from there, you had the 60s version of Batman with Adam West. <laughs> and then the 70s, you had the Richard Donner films with Superman. And then you had like the 80s were sort of cohabitated by both. Batman and Superman, and then of course the '90s was a lot of Batman uh, and a few other things coming in. And Marvel, as far as the mainstream, has been left out for like the past 50 years. But oh, how times have changed! Because it looks like Marvel is coming on strong, and we could say it's probably long overdue. Uh, any thoughts, gentlemen, on what we can say about the mainstream comic book culture leading up to where we are now? I don't know. They have a lot of just like nice, you know, kind of, I don't want to say feel good films, but uh, this last week I've been watching a couple of films. I saw um, Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise, which I know has nothing to do with Marvel, but it was about a guy who was using time travel to go back in time and kill giant robots. And then right yes. after that, I saw a movie called X-Men Days of Future Past, which was about people using time travel to go back in time and kill giant robots. No. <laughs> Both good movies, uh, yeah, though. Yeah. Both. Yeah, yes, they, they, actually... Both yeah, even though it's a Tom Cruise film, I was like, this is a good film. Yes. I enjoyed both of them, actually. Yeah, it's quite good. Um, yeah, I like them. And I started to watch uh, a film called The Wolverine. Have you guys seen, oh, I'm oh, sure you've seen it? The what? Yeah. yeah. What was it? The Wolverine. The second Wolverine movie. Oh, The Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. Where he gets his ass kicked a lot, but it's good. Okay. <laughs> I, I saw the first half of it. It looks good. All right. Um. Anyway, all right, guys. Well, let's talk about this thing. Uh, any, any reflections? I mean, when you were a kid, were you ever made to watch those old Superman shows no no i have you ever seen that there's the movie about the original um uh superman guy not christopher george reeves what's the other yeah george reeve and uh did you ever see there's there's like a uh docudrama about his life he killed have himself you ever seen didn't that? he i have not yeah, i think i've did, seen this yeah. documentary well, talking about I, that. I think no but yeah but like this was actually like a docudrama like it was a, a oh, film no. they'd made about his life and about whether he actually committed suicide and stuff and there was some like fucked up shit in there like, uh, he was uh, doing a showing for a bunch of kids one day, and he came out dressed like Superman, and one of the kids stole a revolver from his father and was going to shoot him in the chest because he was oh, having an shit. argument that he actually was Superman. Yeah, I, oh I mean, like, it was God. very fucking dramatic, um, <laughs> but it was, like, about, like, how this guy, because one aspect of his life was being Superman, the rest of his oh, life was, like, a living Didn't hell. Wait, wait, wasn't this a movie, and yeah. uh, Ben Affleck was was George Reeves? I It may have been Ben Affleck. It was uh, several years ago. I saw uh, the thing. Like yeah, 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 yeah. I think I know you. Boy, about kids that. are dumb, huh? Uh, yeah, no kidding. 
Man. All right. Well, uh, uh, surely you were made to watch Batman, you know, Adam West. No, no, I wasn't. Oh. No, I, I don't feel like I've really seen any serious amounts of it until recently. My mother watches old television during the day, you know, because wow. old people like nostalgia stuff, and I see some of it, but no. All right. Well, uh, as far as uh, the Why, is there something redeeming show about goes. it? Is uh, well, that what you're I'm sorry, what was that? Is there something redeeming about it? Is that what you're saying? Oh, no. There's really nothing redeeming about it at all. And I'm, what I'm trying to say <laughs> is that uh, this 1960s Batman really set the tone for how underground comics got uh, for a while. Uh-huh. Because it was just, you know, wham, bam, pow, and cheesy. Ridiculous. Uh, I mean, even Batman was was not an interesting character for uh, many, many years. Not until and The Dark Knight. wasn't until Frank, Frank, yeah, it wasn't until Frank Miller got a hold of it that right, yeah. uh, he... Brought it back from the you know, precipice of destruction right. as far as yeah, all of a sudden, yeah, concerned. Batman got cool. Which we're, I'm going to talk about Frank Miller here in a minute when we talk about Daredevil. But uh, it's, it's weird. You to know, think it wasn't like, really once upon a time like Batman was like a douchebag, like he was a butt of jokes and he a ridiculous was. figure. Like that's weird. Yes, that's weird to me. And now people like you know are obsessed with it. Probably you know, yeah, and they Christopher Nolan than anything. Yeah, but and they gave him nipples. You know, and it, it, it took too. some. Some great writing within the comic book realm to resurrect the coolness of these characters, and you know you had Tim Burton's 1989 classic Batman, which was which, still course, pretty cheesy. It was, but actually, I actually like yeah. what came forth out of that movie, and that was the Batman animated series, which I would argue to this day is still the best incarnation of both Batman, Robin, and the Joker all around. Yeah, that was better. Uh, anyway, was oh, that's movie. an interesting idea. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah but, and, like the Tim anyway. Burton stuff, like it was cheesy, but like it totally embraced it in such a way that it was cool. It did. I, I thought yeah, it was and, and, I, like a, a glorious aesthetic to the film. You know, like the way the Batmobile looked, it kind of looked old. Like all the cars looked old timey, but it wasn't really old. You, you know, it was like yeah. a weird surrealistic it had like, this, like, universe, neo like, Art Deco feel to yeah, it. Very yeah, much. like it reminded me of, like a Baz Luhrmann kind of like weird dream thing. I, I thought it was oh, cool. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> oh, you anyway. don't like Lur- Luhrmann? Yeah. Uh, I, I not like him, particularly so. fond yeah. of anyway. All right. Uh, and of course I think Sam Raimi came along, uh, what was it about what? 2000 and then 2002 with Spider-Man, Spider-Man two. And that's where we really started to see, uh, this mainstream cultural embrace of all things comic book. What do you guys think about that? I just, enough people came of age that were hooked on comics when they were young. That, that, yeah, that the, and, and you know, as far as the uh, you know the golden age, silver age, bronze age, as it's now called, of comic books. I mean, I'm a child of the '80s, and I used to love me reading those comic books, uh, and I had quite a bit of affinity for these comic books coming out in the '80s and early '90s. And uh, I think that had something to do with it. Uh, but you know what? It, like I said, it wasn't very mainstream for people to be into comic books back then, and. I think with the success of Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 with Sam Raimi, and then, of course, you know, all bets are off once Christopher Nolan released Batman Begins. I would still... Uh, that really set the stage for what what's to come. I would still run into a lot of those people that were too cool for, you know, things like comic book movies, or, or they'd never seen Star Wars, they'd never seen Star Trek. I know I don't like them, though. <laughs> I know I don't like them. I've, I've never seen them, but I know I don't like them. It's like, go fuck off. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 and I think we've actually seen a, quite a bit of an about face. I mean, uh, even really right around that Sam Raimi Spider-Man time up until Batman Begins, 
I think comic book movies were sort of like, I, I don't want to see they were a career kiss of death, but, uh, you know, with, you know, Ben Affleck, <laughs> with Ben Affleck taking on Daredevil, I mean, that his career spiraled for many years following that. Now uh, he's anyway. giving it another go. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, now he is giving it another go. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about what's current, man. I mean, we're living in this age where comic books are freaking cool, man. I don't know if you guys did this. Yesterday was free comic book day. Did any really? did either of you get out to a comic book shop? E- Obviously not, Jeffrey. Did you tell me about this? Uh, I, I don't know if I told you, but I, I saw many a post about it on the internet. And I even took my young children to this free comic book day and, uh, they, you know, part of a con, a contest for costumes. Uh, by the way, my, my little, my little people were gem in the whole, a hologram, I should say, <laughs> but it was interesting to see the, uh, was it truly outrageous? Love truly, for many of these children. Truly outrageous. Truly outrageous. Correct. <laughs> and, you know, just because I don't want any nay saying, yes, there in fact is a gem in the holograms comic book. Um, I heard about a movie or something. Yeah. You know, Oh, yeah, they're supposed to be filming a movie. But uh, anyway, it was free comic book day yesterday, and it was it was packed, absolutely packed, this place that was you know, local to here. Cool. And yeah, is it that place far- where, you know, like, talk about? I'm sorry? Is it, like, the place that's, you know, like, real local to us? Correct. Both of us? Yeah, we yes, always went yes. to it. I've gone to it in the past, and it was so packed, I never went back. Walk in and get your free con your free comics. No, there are uh, five hundred people in front of you in line. They were yeah, literally five hundred. I mean, yeah. some of these things uh, are get to become but, uh, collectors' items. Apparently, the you, Guardians of the Galaxy that was released last year is pretty tough to find. But what did you anyway, get? Did you see uh, Chewbacca uh, though? Say what? Did you see Chewbacca? Do they have the characters out? Uh, there was a Tuscan Raider and a Jawa and oh, a few others. Uh, yeah. we, we, we saw a cat woman. That was impressive. Was she sexy? Uh, okay. Sexy girl? Uh, anyway. I'm sorry? Was it a sexy girl or someone who probably shouldn't have been wearing the costume? Uh, no, she was fine. <laughs> she did a good job. She did a good job. Uh, uh, what did anyway, you get? As far What'd as. What did you get? Uh, I couldn't get to anything. <laughs> so there were too many people. And by the time they did their yeah. grand prize drawing, I'm like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Uh, anyway, no, but I was actually looking forward to, uh, grabbing the prologue to Fight Club 2, which was one of the free comic books that they were giving away. So I'll come oh. back to it in a few yeah. days. But apparently, oh, sort of cool. getting some great, rev- some great advanced reviews. And that's one of the other things that we could talk about. It's like, dude, Chuck Palonic, the writer of Fight Club, is releasing his sequel to his book in the medium of a comic book. What's that say about the medium now? Yeah, I was shocked too. Uh, but, but I mean, like we kind of knew it could be taken seriously. Like Watchmen, um, what was it? It was one of Times 100 Novels of the Century. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, like, like we know it can be done. I, I was surprised because I didn't know Polonick had anything to do with comic books. That was the thing that was weird about it to me. I don't yeah, think it was so it, much that it was a comic book and it was a serious work, at least in theory. It was like he was doing it. Yeah, I mean, like, well, my, I don't know, I think I've said it before in this podcast, but Neil Gaiman is, you know, hands down my favorite author, and that's the world he comes from. Even though he's a novelist, he still writes these comic books, and his Sandman comic book is seen as one of the seminal comic books in the art form. It's not superhero, it's something else entirely. You shouldn't say Neil but Gaiman. But by God, there are legions of diehard fans for this book. You shouldn't say uh, Neil Gaiman anyway, is seminal. Uh, uh, I just introduced uh, some people to Stardust for the first time. They liked it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stardust, of course. And uh, and they're supposedly supposed to be making American Gods show for HBO, but we'll see if that happens. Or Stars, I think, is where it's at now. Cool. Anyway, 
<clears throat> so let's talk about this daredevil business, guys. Uh, some of you have completed it. I've completed it. I've completed it. Has not quite gotten as far as we wanted to. Yeah, but I, uh, going back I want- to the uh, Frank Miller and resurrecting this character that wasn't all that interesting, interesting or great before he got a hold of it. Uh, we definitely have a Frank Miller esque show on Netflix in this new incarnation. Yeah, just to recount my story really quickly, I I watched the first episode finally, but I tried to watch it and my daughter didn't like it because she says, "quote I hate blind people." Oh no! What are you teaching your <laughs> child? What's wrong think, with I, I you? I don't think it's so much that she's like racist or hates people with disabilities. I think it's that it like reminds her of her own physical frailty as a human being, and she doesn't like it. So <laughs> that's I, I a little deep. The first there, man. I think it's a room. little deep. <clears throat> Say what? I think I was getting a little deep for her. Oh, I probably, probably. No, I mean, I, I think subconsciously, you know, like she might be thinking like the idea that like, oh, you know, she sees the chemicals flow into the kid's eyes and, you know, I'm blind, daddy help me or whatever. You know what I mean? Might have like, just eh, freaked for, her out for a four year old. Might have just freaked her out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think. Yeah, All right. So, so uh, well, Jimmers, how far did you get in the uh, series? The end of episode one. Ooh, wow. that's not very far. <laughs> Uh, anyway, well, I'm going to throw out these other shows that are making waves too, just so we can kind of get, get the feel for what's going on as far as the yeah. phenomenon. Well, let me just say, concerned. you have Deborah arrow on CW, you have the flash on CW, you have Gotham on, is it Fox? I don't know. I haven't watched Gotham. Oh, yeah, I thought it's Fox. Uh, so yeah, these are all shows that I, I've at least watched one, two, three episodes, uh, but I'm coming away from it and I'm so, you know, daredevils hands, hands down leaps and bounds above these other shows and it has deborah and wool say that again and it has deborah and wool which is a plus uh well, which one is she is she the one from uh true blood yes yeah okay oh you're talking you about Dare- daredevil yeah oh i'm much more partial to rosario dawson oh yeah her too yeah damn straight yeah, who, oh, who actually like you know i love her character in the show uh anyway we're saying jimmers Oh no! I was just asking if she's the one from True Blood because I uh, on True Blood she seems smoking. On Daredevil, she seemed like girl next doorish, if that. Is this is this know, the actress who plays Karen Page? Yeah, it's it's the blonde hair. Okay, it's the blonde hair. Gotcha. Okay, but, I got you. Man, those skirts uh, are tight. Anyway, so. Oh, all right. So, uh, Jeffrey. Yes. How are you? How how'd you make out with the show since you actually got through it all? Um, I thought it was really good. Should, should we warn anybody about spoilers over the next few minutes? Are you going to say anything? Um, I'll try not to, but uh, I just okay. I thought it was really no, good. Um, um, I I cut some slack on some of the some of the fighting because you know it is Daredevil and he's supposed to have you know high acuity oh, with his proprioception. You know, indeed. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, that <laughs> what do you think about since you are the martial arts guy? The the moment I knew I was hooked on this show was in fact during episode two, when Daredevil was going after the kid that had gotten uh, kidnapped, and oh, yeah. he was fighting these guys, in, you know, these Russian mobsters in the hallway. First of all, that was flawless direction, uh, and very cinematic. Terms. All one shot. But apparently, I loved that sequence. I adored that sequence. You, what do you? What'd you did think? you hear that it was all one shot? Apparently. Uh, it looks like it's all one shot. No, but they they, and I, they uh, talked to the director and he said, yes, it was all one shot. There were no cuts. 
which is fucking impressive. So that's even more, even more impressive. Yeah. It, you know, Charlie Cox is the guy who's playing Matt Murdock slash uh, Daredevil. Uh, there's that little little bit where he's just kicking ass, throwing these people that you can't really see outside, uh, you know, the uh, hallway, and you hear the rustling, and then you're back out in the hallway. And then there's this little moment where Charlie Cox just sort of pauses and takes a break. I mean, that's such mindfulness in the storytelling because daredevil yeah he's got these powers but they're not like he's not thor you know he's not the hulk no he's just some dude who kicks some ass and more than you know more than anything he gets his ass kicked and he keeps on getting up i mean that's probably his real superpower is his ability to get his ass kicked okay one of my favorite fights survive one of my favorite fights in the series was actually the bowling alley fight oh my god uh yeah. Now that was yeah. now that showed s- what skilled fighters can do in a more realistic setting. You know, the the I, I think I sent you a text of how it was really good. How they showed how the brutality of the confrontation actually goes up by leaps and bounds as uh, the structure and and of their plan falls apart. Yeah, and it just gets you know. Yeah, it went from looking pretty to just being just bloody and nasty and dirty because you know there's that whole and you know that that sense of realism is what's working for daredevil that's not working for these other you know sorry sorry to call them out but these other dc shows um flat i mean flash is i like the flash it's it's okay i mean it's he doesn't have my opinion it's probably the best of the he doesn't have to be a good fighter in fact he's a terrible fighter but he's so damn fast fast. (laughs) yeah yeah I got you. Uh, anyway, uh, what what else can we say about what's going on as far as mainstream comic book culture? And I'm actually really I, I rewatched Guardians of the Galaxy last night, uh, guys. Going into that movie, how apprehensive? How you know? How much were there grains of salt that you were taking into the theater or your you know your living room, or were there bags of salt going to watch this movie? I was pretty sure it was going to be awesome. You were, yeah. Wow. Wow, that's, I mean, I have to admit, man, I, as you know, like I said, like when I was a kid, I was into the comic book thing. And even though it was a different incarnation of the Guardians of the Galaxy, I was out there in 1990 buying the first, you know, issue of Guardians of the Galaxy, which of course takes place, you know, in the year 3000, or whatever. Uh, so I've always thought that, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy comic book was a little bit of a joke. So even though I knew that these were completely different characters and that they were set in the, you know, like the modern, I guess, time, uh, I was extraordinarily apprehensive. The only saving grace I thought it had was James Gunn as its director and screenwriter. And going into this movie, I, you know, I saw it in the theater and I loved it. It was the most fun movie I've seen in years. Well, I could tell from the ads that it was going to be a mixture of good action, comedy, and some drama. I mean, if you get the, yeah. it looked like they were getting that balance right of being serious, but also not taking themselves too seriously. Yes, and they're they're doing a really good job of tying it to some of the other properties in the shared Marvel comic universe, which I guess I'm going to talk about here. Or we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. Uh, Jimmers, what was your take on Guardians? Um, I I thought it was a lot better than expected. I'm just like. I'm thoroughly surprised, like, how many of these movies are actually, like, really fun. And then, yeah. like, you get movies that really are superlative, superlatively good movies in their own right. You know, like, we're talking mm. about, like, uh, The Dark Knight and stuff. 
Right, um, right, right. Some of them are really like this. That's why I was curious about Age of Ultron, too, because that's some of the vibes that I'm getting from this also. Uh, yeah, Age, okay, since you haven't seen I won't say too much about it yet. Should we do? Uh, yeah. But I know Jeffrey, yeah, Jeffrey I can know. speak to it. The I would actually dare say I liked Age of Ultron better than the first film. What do you think, Jeff? Um, I think I'd have to watch it again to really be sure, but I, uh, I think I like the first know, one. I, I don't want to. I, s- I like the first one better, but maybe that's just because okay, I've seen I, it more and it's more. You know, yeah, I, it's more accessible in my head. I, I'm, mm. I, I got you. See, I'm, I'm actually of the mind where, like, when I, f- I actually saw it twice in the theater, one with one person, and the second time I, he wanted to go see us. So oh, I, Age of Ultron. I saw it. Uh, no, no, tell me the first. Oh, one. the first one. And you know, both times, like, I liked it, but I didn't like it all that well. Whereas what with what we saw with Age of Ultron, I particularly like some of the acting and i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and just throw out james spader as the voice actor for ultron yeah he was flawless yeah, he's good uh i i love the banter this this movie actually had a lot more uh banter going for it than the other movie did uh and even though it's it's kind of got this mic it sort of channels the inner i should say joss whedon is channeling his inner michael bay in that it's it's probably like ninety percent action. Yeah, there were a uh, lot of explosions. Much, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely some shit blowing up. But you know, I enjoyed it. It was a fun movie. It was a, definitely a summer blockbuster kind of film. I had a little bit more going for it, of course. I actually should say I had a lot more going for it. Did you notice that I that I included the "There are no strings on me" in the yeah, in the yeah. opening of the last did, of you know the last culture podcast. day thing I made. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, he he did a phenomenal job, and uh, it was a nice choice, I thought, for uh, Spider to do that movie. Uh, anyway, he has that perfect uh, kind I, of I, I nonchalant some... dickishness. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jimmers. Go ahead. Yeah, I read an interesting article about this because it was talking about um, like how far can you take any particular comic book movie? Because every single one of the characters is an institution. You know what I mean? Like. You have their right. origin story, and then they're not going to change that much. Like, you're not going to yeah. get a Daniel Day-Lewis performance out of anyone where they're going to have some sort of, uh, you know, apotheosis at the end and have an epiphany. Um, and I think it's interesting because, you know, like, how do we respond to that? The article didn't say this, but it's interesting because, like, we changed the world around the characters. Like, they kind yeah. of, like, stay there as, like, the unmovable ball work, and then the world around them changes. And I think, like, that's why the Dark Knight, you know, works, because by the end of the film, like, the city of Gotham has changed its mind about Batman. Um, right. I was thinking about Daredevil, like what little I know about it, because uh, you know Vincent D'Onofrio is uh, uh, Fisk. He, yeah, it, you know, like like like, like it's all these um, you know visions of of like modern fears about capitalism and your rent going. You know, like what was the the guy running in New York a couple of years ago? Rent's you know, like the rent too damn DMI. high. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like we can do that, but then you can only do so much with a character. I heard like um, Ultron basically squeezes as much out of it as possibly can be done. Knowing yeah. that the limitations, like you can't change the characters, so I, I've heard like really good things about it. Yeah, uh, agreed. And you know, it, it my expectations for it are definitely different than it is. I mean, if Christopher Nolan had been helming the Avengers, you know, we would approach it entirely different. And you know, but as far as Joss Whedon goes, we pretty much know what we're going to get out of it. We know it's going to be savvy. We know it's going to be entertaining. And it was all that. I will uh, say, we'll see here. What I will say that the name is a little misleading. It should have been like the couple of days of Ultron. Oh <laughs> yeah. They actually took, they actually lifted the uh, title from a recent 
Marvel series Age of Ultron, which actually bears no resemblance <laughs> to the movie. How long? Whatsoever. How long was and, that story arc in the comics? Uh, I believe it was a twelve issue series. But you know, because did it last like so? It still wasn't very much or... an, an age, although I think it did convey a longer span of time <laughs> uh, in which Ultron had effectively taken over. I just thought that was kind of funny. Kind of couple of days uh, of Ultron. Yeah. <laughs> The couple days of Ultron. That's pretty much what it was. All right. <laughs> yeah, because who, who uh, is Ultron? Like, it's supposed to be like Iron Man's creation. Uh, in the movie, it is a creation by Tony Stark. Tony Stark had, in response, had sex with, with Jarvis, and there you go. Yeah, that's uh. intellectually, I guess. <laughs> uh, and Bruce Banner has his hand in it as well, as in uh, Dr. Bruce, not right. hulking out Bruce. Uh, and it, it definitely has a very relevant modern take on that. Oh, some people are be setting up some people for the next terrified movie. Some people are terrified of the singularity. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I, I think like, it sounds like this is a genius way to, to frame a villain for an action movie. Yeah. Cause like you have all kinds of fears about technology and the singularity and yeah, no, and it, it, like it, and it does, it, you know, it's sort of interesting to see how that is thematically in common with the Alex Garland movie we watched last week. In yeah. Ex Machina. Yeah, uh, military-industrial complex. Yeah. Yeah. Very intriguing. Anyway, all right, is there anything else that we can possibly say about any of these movies coming out that we like? Because I want to move on to another question. Uh, <clears throat> this is the question. Is there anything else we want to say about these movies now we've discussed them a little bit? You finally get to see no. the guy who plays Jarvis. Okay. It, see what? Paul Bettany? In the flesh. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, and, yeah, now, now he's vision all right uh guys my question to you then is it goes back to what i i I first segued us in here as far as like you had batman and superman dominating the pop culture consciousness for the better part of five decades and now seemingly overnight as far as pop culture is concerned marvel has definitely taking taking the reins of this comic book phenomenon and brought it to what it is today. And we, of course we can throw out and nobody's going to argue with this, that Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy is the apex of the medium. I mean, no questions whatsoever. However, in terms of storytelling, in terms of characters, in terms of fun, Marvel's got the monopoly. Why is that? Um, what, what is Marvel doing right? That DC just, can't seem to get a handle on well superman hey, i just want to say a little bit go ahead my turn or not yeah go ahead <laughs> uh, well, yeah go ahead Jeff. well superman is um you know who do you want to be superman every yeah if you had to if you could take the powers of one yeah. superhero who do you want to be superman but i don't want to be superman it's not that it's not as interesting because it's like well, who's going to be a challenge for him like one or two people in the universe you know it's not going to be well i think that's the but, narrative shortfall over the years of the comic yeah, as well. Batman he, can get the shit kicked out of him. It's a struggle. Right. Um, and a movie's supposed to be a struggle. And Batman, you can always find some people that are going to give Batman a hard time. Now, Marvel has a lot of characters like that, even if they're powerful. Even, you know, what's Wolverine's real super... I mean, he's got the animation, which is badass, but his real superpower, he's, he can get, get his ass kicked over and over again in creative ways. And that's interesting to watch. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, Spider Man. Um, he's you know he's fast. He does he does as much running as he does fighting. 
you know, getting out of the way of shit and saving people. And, but he, you know, he is right. vulnerable, and you know he's vulnerable, and that adds tension. And, and you know, a lot of the Marvel True. Marvel characters are like that. They have power, but even like there, there's a certain humanity to those characters that the other DC universe doesn't quite have. And you know, that's the other thing. Even though Clark Kent is a reporter. Uh, and, uh, well, I guess it depends on which version of the Flash we're talking about. But these are all, like, these very established adult characters, whereas, you know, Spider-Man's this young kid. Uh, of course, the movies was in high school, college, whatever, and that's pretty much how they've been doing in the comic books lately. But he's a kid that's trying to make ends meet yes, and trying to make yeah. something of him, you know, make something of Peter Parker, not necessarily to make something of Spider-Man, which always provides a uh, an interesting narrative. Uh, but we also have a number of other characters who are just trying to exist as themselves, not necessarily as a superhero, which I think could be said for like, you know, 99% of the X-Men as well. Well, yeah, we were talking uh, so about anyway, Scott. Well, we were talking about, you know, Cyclops as being the most right. powerful X-Men. You know, oh, we're yeah, having that yeah, conversation. Yeah. One bullet can bring him down. That's it. Yeah. So that. And, the, you know, that that's. Where yeah, I understand what you're saying. I actually read a really good good essay on this very topic. As far as the comic books are concerned, you know, like DC was strong out of the gates, and Marvel had a lot of catching up to do. But ever since the 70s or even the 60s, when they actually started to make these more human characters, uh, DC has had an inferiority complex ever since then. Well, Marvel throws in a lot of stuff about counterculture. That's true too. That's true too. and you guys think it had a lot to do with like the '60s, um, not just because of the counterculture, because of Vietnam too. Like all of a sudden, we collectively felt very vulnerable. That could be. Uh, That's true. X Men has always been about racism, bigotry. Yeah. That yeah, and uh, you know that that's true too. Like, what was going on in DC Comics in the '60s? I I mean I don't really know. I don't know a lot other than the, the like the you know, like the '60s Batman. I think exemplifies what was going on in the comic books at the time. It was a lot of you know, pow, bam, zap. They never and got out of the going on. They never got out of the crime serials of the fifties and forties. Right, right, right. And you know, whereas we have Marvel actually ta- tackling very serious social issues at the time, yes. although they were doing it surreptitiously in the guise of the X Men, uh, you know, the mutants. And things like that. Uh, so, but when people grew second, up, you know, wh- looking back on that, they they go, "Oh, that's probably why I'm not a racist because I I read this and without realizing it, oh shit, left wing conspiracy. <laughs> the reason they were why being I'm in- not a racist is because of the X Men. You know what, Jeff? I actually think that's probably more true than you think. And then what? No, I'm, I think the X-Men I think it's true. I think it's true. It was I, I agree. They were the right wing's right. There is a secret indoctrination, but it's not happening in the schools. It's happening in the comics. <laughs> it's That's it. That's it. <laughs> of course, the, you know, I think the, in the 60s, comic books did get in trouble for that. That's when the uh, Comics Code Authority was invented. Oh, yeah, yeah. Comic books back then were getting too subversive. And DC, <laughs> you know, went the act, you know, the way on the opposite end. Like, oh, you know, we're our comic books are wholesome and clean. And Marvel submitted the Comics Code Authority, too. But they were just... A lot smart, smarter about it. What do you think, Jim? Uh, you know, that's not, that's not to say that uh, all this, you know, the 60s and 70s were all Frank Miller uh, doing his thing. And, Al, you know, of course, you have Alan Moore coming along in the 80s with V for Vendetta and the Watchmen. And in between Frank Miller and 
uh, Alan Moore. I mean, they transformed the medium overnight. But that, yeah, but that's sort of getting away from what we're talking about here. What is the problem now? Did you guys watch the Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. No. It was abysmal. It was a terrible movie in every conceivable way. I thought it was okay. So besides Batman. I thought it was okay. The, yeah, you, you look up the Rotten Tomato numbers on that one, sir. I don't They're care terrible. about Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> That just means most people hated Jeffrey. Oh, okay. Then we have the Man of Steel. And even before that, I guess you could say we had Superman Returns. Which I we thought was better have... than Man of Steel, believe it or not. Oh, no, no. I would agree with you. I actually sort of like and have some affection for Superman Returns. Whereas Man of Steel, I really didn't much care for it at all. They needed to I, go. I, seen... I think Sorry. I would have. Oh, Jimmer's what? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen Man of Steel. I've seen Superman Returns, but I've heard like a major criticism of Man of Steel is like the scale was too grand, like yeah. running around knocking over buildings and stuff like that. And yeah, and, like, that, notice, that like, would have been very much remedied by just editing out the last half hour of that. They needed no. There's actually a moment right. where you're like, oh, it's over. And it would have been great for them to have ended it there. And like, I probably yeah. wouldn't have the same opinion or I guess many people wouldn't have the same opinion of that movie. But if they just ended it there. All right, cool. And then the last half hour yeah. is just like it completely it was boring. Undermines everything. Before. It was boring until the end. And then there was then yeah. there was so much action. It almost made you dizzy. It's like you could have doled right. out this action I don't, throughout the movie. Yeah, but that, that's yeah, just yeah. having it. That's all the trend to swap the movies. Yeah, nowadays, cause, like, you know, like, um, what was a damn movie where it uh, had Liam Neeson as, like, the ship's admiral? Was it Battleship? And, like, the, the fucking um, oh. aircraft carriers are flying up into yeah. the sky and everybody's dying on them. You know, like, you see yeah. aircraft carriers explode just, like, in the, the trailer. And I'm like, okay, that, that's, like, 5,000 people. Was it Battleship? Yeah, was it right, Battleship? Right, right. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was <laughs> called Battleship. It's supposed yeah. to be, like, the game and aliens invading or whatever. Yeah, but, but, but like, shows, shows like you a, how much, uh, yeah. staying power which was actually hands. better than right. I, I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be complete and utter dog shit. And it was just like, you know, old dry dog shit. Yeah. That didn't it was just anymore. dog shit, not complete. Not utter. I, it was dry I dog shit. Like, that didn't Liam stink Neeson anymore. has found his place. Yeah, it's bizarre. But uh, <laughs> you say Liam Neeson. Yeah, he's, he's found his. You know what I mean? Like he's like the oh, Arnold yeah, Schwarzenegger yeah. of the, the 2010s. It's fucking bizarre. Hey, he's making but, uh, money. Yeah, like you, you, you see like skyscrapers tumble over and it's like we've lived through that. Like we lived through 9-11. We've actually seen it happen in real life, and we know thousands of people die. I don't think you can just do that as a throwaway thing and then slap a PG-13 rating on the movie anymore. I don't think like that's how people are going to look at it. Hey, did they show some titties? Really, you know, like, did they the show any titties? Did they show any titties? I don't no, think no, there were any titties. No titties, well, PG-13. Then it's okay. You can show you know people being skinned and burned <laughs> alive, but you can't uh, show any titties. Yeah. But, no but there's, like, a part, there's a part of um, Man of Steel where like there's some family... And Superman is like, I've got to knock over a fucking building to save this one family. Otherwise, the guy is going to blast them. And it, but it's like, there, there are a thousand people in the building. Right, right, right. You know right. what I mean? Out of like, sight, like, out of mind. Like, we can see the one family. Was... Yeah, right. But this is how like U.S. foreign policy works, too. I think that's why we're, we're like consciously okay with it. You know, it, like if they're on the other side of the world and they have different colored skin, who cares? You know, it's the ones uh, who get photographed. Yeah, you yeah don't care about. That's, very, yeah that's very true. Uh, anyway, so I, I, I guess what I'm trying to get you guys to is uh, my, my answer, like one of my answers, besides just that Marvel has done a much better job of conveying the humanity of its characters, but there's also something more novel that Marvel has done that DC is only, only just now getting around to, and that's the shared universe concept. I mean, we even have recently where Sony and Marvel slash Disney have negotiated to bring Spider-Man into the shared universe. Of course, all the other, you know, the Avengers, Iron Man, 
Thor, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, all of this stuff is happening contemporaneously with shared characters that even have something to do with like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. And I'm not saying that we're going to see Daredevil anytime soon, but there's definitely some references to what okay, happens in Avengers in the show. So it's something ingenious that I guess, you know, Disney slash Marvel has invented that DC is also now, just now, trying to take and co-op for themselves. Oh, we're, we're Batman and, and uh, Superman owned by different entities? Uh, they're not owned by different entities. It, just, it was sort of anathema before Marvel started doing it to actually acknowledge that these characters share the same space. But they did it in the yeah, comics. Like, all the, New York City. the Justice League. Yeah. Well, I know. But I'm but saying I- as far as the movies are concerned. Yeah, but but I mean, it would make a lot less sense in the DC universe because if Superman can fly around the world in in half a second, then why doesn't he just fly to Gotham and solve all of their problems? Like, why do they need oh, Batman in the first place? Why, so, why do they need Batman? Yeah, I think it's a plot hole. But like, also like these the movies. It's funny because um, I was reading an article and they were talking about how comic book films like we think of X Men Days of Future Past or Wolverine. Like, these are, like, the small-time, small-budget films, even though they still cost, like, $100 million to make or whatever, yeah, and, you yeah. know, $200 million to market. And then, like, Age of Ultron is the big-budget one. Like, for them to be effective star vehicles, they can't have, you know, just Hugh Jackman. They have to have ten different guys, and that's what Age of Ultron is. Like, that is what, like, the big summer spectacle has become, is you have to have these, uh, you know, combined universe things so you can bring everyone together. Otherwise, oh, yeah. you know, like they're, they're only yeah. If they're only a couple characters that are household names, it's like a shrug for most people. Oh, <laughs> speaking of Hugh Jackman, if 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 any of you out there have not done it, you have to go on Google and image search. Hugh Jackman doesn't age; he levels up. And look at the difference. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen that. And look at the difference between him in X Men, you know, the first X Men, yeah, and him in in the latest Wolverine. Holy fuck, yeah. man! He he's just like uh, he, he's Super Mario who ate a mushroom. That's about it. He grew so he grew a lot of veins apparently. Uh, you know that's yeah, what he happens. Does look vain. God. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, he doesn't look like uh, more wrinkled or anything. I I don't know. He, he's I don't really think so. He just changed yeah. so much. If there are wrinkles, they're over. They're the, they're overlooked by the veins. Look, yeah, looks like he, right. looks like he has a bunch of spaghetti under his skin. Oh, wow. Yeah, he is. Really All right, angry. guys. Uh, I think that's going to wrap us up on The Big Dig. you have anything else we want to say before we start talking about more comic book mayhem and madness in the trailer park? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to save it for the trailer park. Saving it for the tra- trailer park, Jimmers. Anything else we want to say about this new comic book renaissance? Yeah, I uh, I don't read a whole lot of comics. I don't watch a whole lot of comic book movies, but I studied under um, one of the foremost professors of comics and comic culture, uh, Professor Donald Alt at the University of Florida. He's yeah. a big deal because he has his own Wikipedia page. Ooh. Yeah, actually, he's the only professor I ever had who has his own Wikipedia page. But, uh, yeah, like, people have been getting PhDs in comic books since the 70s. Yeah. yeah like, I, like, things have changed so much. And, uh, yeah. yeah and I, I, there are a lot of, like, respect his literature. I, it's really cool. I like what's happening. I agree. I, I agree. I think there's a lot of worthwhile stuff out there. And uh, it's something I probably will talk about more at a later date uh, as far as the medium is concerned. And actually, we can probably zero in on the medium of comic books themselves later I'm on. Just gl- but for now, I'm just glad. let's call it... Well, I'm just glad that people, that people are getting off their high horses and realizing that 
uh, you know, sci-fi and comic books. It's just another way to tell a story about the human condition. That's it. Ooh. And I think in many ways, much more successfully than a lot of the other bullshit. Well, because you can, you can tackle right, stuff that's... you couldn't. It, you can touch with a 10-foot pole. You can tackle because it's, it's not really real, so we can do it. <laughs> it's true. All right, guys. Let's wrap up the big dig. That is all. all right. Buchacha out. <laughs> Later. Later. <laughs>